Are you in the clear? Unit 99 to KMA 907. Unit 99, Sergeant Meredith, 909, in service, on the air. This is Sergeant Dan Meredith of Unit 99 at headquarters, Police Department, City of Sacramento, California. My detail is to ride in Unit 99, our tape recorder-equipped radio car, and to respond whenever the dispatcher transmits a signal to one of our other units on duty somewhere in the city. At the scene, we make the recordings for this program. Now, to tell you more about Unit 99, here is our chief, James V. Hicks, Sacramento Police. We have provided Unit 99 of the Sacramento Police Department, the tape recorder it carries, and the officer in charge, Sergeant Meredith, so that you, who depend on your police for protection, can hear them in action, on duty. And what you hear on this radio program is real. No question about it. The suspects are real. The victims are real. Bear this in mind as you hear these cases. Now to Unit 99 and Sergeant Dan Meredith on duty. Unit 99. 99, go ahead. 924, Detective 99. 924, coming in. Came in 07. The Detective Bureau is down here at the end of the hall. Let's go in. Hi, Dan. What's doing? Hi, Sosky. Uh, I just got a 924 to come up here to the detective bureau. Understand you and Mahanovich might have something. What is it? Yeah, we, uh, I think it was on the 4th, Saturday, or the 5th of April, we uh, received a call from the victim uh, stating to the effect that uh, she had received a threatening letter uh, you have that letter that was written? Yeah. The letter states, Have you got fire insurance? I asked one of the kitchen help for a sandwich, and he ignored me. That little item will cost you $315 in five and tens. A little kerosene or gasoline spread around the back door with paper and soaked rags should demolish that little lunchroom. Of course, you can avoid all this needless loss and confusion by getting this money and putting it in a small paper bag and simply place the bag with the money in it on the floor of the public phone booth adjacent to your place of business. I will look for it at 8 a.m. If it isn't there before or after 8, that will mean fire and disaster. If you aren't foolish, you will complete this transaction, let's say Tuesday, April 9, 1957. After receiving this letter and talking with the victim, what did you proceed to do? Well, uh, we proceeded to get some uh, money. Matter of fact, Steve, uh, or not money, but paper. Steve cut up some newspaper. Your partner. Yeah, my partner. And he placed it in a paper bag, and, uh, and then he took it out to the victim and uh, gave her instructions as to uh, to comply with uh, the stipulations of this letter. And uh, about quarter to eight uh, this morning, we were, uh, my partner and I, Steve, were parked under the uh, uh, municipal parking lot, which is just north of this business establishment. And we observed this uh, gentleman initially uh, on the corner of, 10th and I Street, and then he started going east and toward the pantry restaurant. And as he got right close to the telephone booth, he took a long 
look into the interior of the phone booth, and about that time, I was ready to jump out of the car. And uh, Steve says, hey, wait a minute. He says, take it easy. He says, he hasn't gone in there yet. And about the time he said that, the fellow proceeded to go east on I Street, and we observed him until he got to 11th and I, and he made a right turn on 11th and went south, south and out of our sight. And then uh, on about five minutes, five or ten minutes uh, expired, and Steve says, um, say, that same fellow there, you were ready to jump out of the car uh, a short time ago, is back there on a the corner. And uh, sure enough, he came up slowly, and about the time he got to the telephone booth again, why, he opened the door suddenly and snatched the paper bag, and, and he started uh, walking in a normal fashion, I would say. Wouldn't you, Steve? Yes, I was, it wasn't too rapid, no. Yeah, and he started walking uh, in, his, in the uh, southwesterly uh, direction through the Standard Station parking lot that's uh, directly on the corner there of 10th and I Street. And uh, in the meantime, he put the paper bag in his uh, left uh, uh, side pocket of his jacket. And uh, then about that time, we were out to the car and up on him. And uh, he looked around and says, what was that comment he made, Steve? Where'd you guys come from? <laughs> First comment he made. Yeah. Did he offer any resistance? No, no, he didn't at all. He was very cooperative uh, up to this point. Uh, we intend to take and interrogate him as to some of the uh, aspects of this. And uh, Where is he now? He's on the third floor. We're just uh, in the process of booking him for uh, extortion. Sir, do you understand in connection with this matter uh, your constitutional rights? Oh, yes. Uh, now, in uh, connection with this extortion letter, could you tell us about the time that you wrote this letter or about the uh, first uh, time this thought entered your mind in obtaining some uh, money from these people uh, through this manner? Well, I'd say about Wednesday or Thursday. I asked this fellow for a sandwich and he turned me down. He didn't turn me down. He just ignored me. Why, I got burned up about it. Were you actually going to carry this threat through? No, of course not. I mean, too much. Uh, tell you one thing, there's gas stations all around there and no, I'd never think of doing it. You ever in the past uh, done this sort of a thing before? Well, no, I've uh, written about it, but I never did it, uh, what you call the accomplished fact. I tried to extort money twice already. Well, uh, did you get anything on these previous occasions? No, sir. Well, uh, how many times was that? Was it one time previous to this or two times? Or could you explain a little bit, go in detail? Yeah, of course. One time was up in Portland, Oregon. I tried to get $500, and uh, I got locked up. I got one year out of that. And then in Frisco, I got uh, tried to get $5,000. I was a federal beef, and I got two years. Uh, when you uh, put the bag in your pocket, did you think uh, that your act was successful? I certainly did. You fellas appeared there. Were you uh, concerned about uh, whether or not the party that you wrote the letter to whether or not they would notify the police? Well, of course, but uh, that's just something you got to take, you know. But I looked all around, I didn't see anybody, so I figured I was nothing to it. Matter of fact, when I walked through that standard station, I thought I was in. You know, it seems kind of strange to me as to why you would uh, pick uh, the telephone booth to have the person place the money in. 
Well, I'll tell you, that's quite simple. I figured at the hour, it was 8 o'clock, and I figured there wouldn't be nobody messing around calling up. And I'd pass that phone booth, that particular place, quite a number of times. It was always vacant. Matter of fact, I'd try to tap the slot a few times. There was a stray dime in there, and there was nothing in there. Um, now, in connection with this extortion, uh, it seems to me as though you had an occasion to attempt it three times. And on each occasion, uh, you haven't succeeded. Do you think you're going to change your avocation this time, or are you going to uh, discontinue crime entirely? Well, I don't know about discontinuing crime, because it's hard to get a job, but I'm definitely going to quit the uh, extortion. The apprehension of this extortionist was not what you would call a difficult or puzzling case. The man was a bungling criminal with a record of failure in two previous extortion attempts. His latest arrest, if nothing else, persuaded him that he was in the wrong line. And while he is not convinced that crime does not pay, he, very definitely, is giving up extortion. Unit 4. 12th Avenue right behind our car and passed us at a, such a high rate of speed and down 33rd towards Oak Park that it made us suspicious. We turned around and came back to see if the service station attendant was all right. Do you think you'd be yeah. able to recognize this man again if you ever seen him? Yes, I think so. Officer Coyote and Reynolds are questioning the service station operator in regard to what happened. Okay, you want to tell us just what happened now from the moment the man walked in until uh, he left? Just relate it as it happened. Well, I, uh, I, I was just closing up, and uh, uh, Tan Studebaker 
pulled up on the uh, on the 12th Avenue Island, and uh, it pulled ahead of the island a little bit, and I couldn't see it from inside. I walked out the door, and there was a man uh, with uh, a lot of curly red hair and a tan overcoat standing there, and he, as I walked out, he was uh, lifting his collar and tucking it in front. I, uh, I had an idea there might be something the matter <clears throat> when I first walked out. And uh, then he, as I walked up to him, he says, uh, give me all the receipts. I said, what'd you say? He says, give me all the receipts for the day. He says, just walk ahead of me and walk inside the building. So I walked to the side door and I'd already locked it. And he says, well, then walk around the front. So I walked around in front. Pardon me, was that, was that his exact words, uh, give me the receipts? Yes. Did he say, uh, th- did he say anything about this as a stick-up or, or anything? Did he just give no, me the receipts? he just put his hand in his pocket and simulated a gun. What did he gun. say when he put his hand in his pocket? Did he say anything? He didn't say anything. He just simulated a gun like this and said, all right, now give me all the day's receipts. And he says, don't turn around. That was keep his, looking that's forward. exactly what he said. That's his exact yeah. words. Yeah. Right. Now what happened? And uh, so I walked inside and he says, now just act as if you were going to give change. And I uh, opened it up and he says, all right, now just lay out all the currency out there on the till. And I laid out about half of it and then he gave me a $5 bill. And all crumpled up, he just pulled it out of his pocket. And he straightened it out and he says, here, now put this in the till. So I put it in the till and he says, now take it out as if you were giving me change. So I did that, and then I said, you want the coin? He says, no, and he says, where's your telephone? And I said, well, there's the booth right out there. He says, well, don't try to go out and make a call. Uh, and I said, don't worry, I won't, because I don't have a dime. And then uh, as he ran for the car, I ran around the side and came in here and used this phone. And then he uh, took off. Do you think you could recognize a man if you seen him again? Oh, yes. You're sure? Positively identified. Oh, yes. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go ahead. is running around the back. Two of the officers are standing in front. Let's get out and see what it is. Cars believe parked in the back of the bar on 4th Avenue, Oak Park. The detective's office, Detective Oates, has a man in custody. He's bringing him out of the bar onto the street taking him around in back of the establishment. Right here. I had some trouble with my wife tonight, and that's why I got all the clothes in my car. I was just talking to uh, a friend in there. How long have you been in there? 
Yes, I don't know. Were you ever arrested before? Yes. For what? For forgery. That's all. Where you been tonight? I was out the house, and I come down here, and that's all. In fact, I, I just getting ready to play in there. Can I put this in my hand pocket? Certainly. You shaking him down, Oaks? Yeah, I have. Well, you didn't shake me down, Oaks. You know me. I know you. Yes, I do. Where'd you get all this dough? I had a check the other day for 170 bucks. I got one today for uh Where did you get 35? this dough? I've had it all in the evening. What's this? Officer Oaks, Detective Oaks has found a large wad of currency in the suspect's pocket. No, what kind of, what kind of shake out, what, what, I don't know. You're under arrest for armed robbery. What do you think of that? If I am, I, I'm under arrest. All right. But I don't, I don't, I never did nothing. Well, she didn't do anything, then you got nothing to worry about, have you? That's right. All right. Put them on. I don't know what I don't know what's happening here. Uh, what's happening here? What's the matter here? You know what's the matter? No, I do Officer not. Officer Oaks just told you what the trouble was. Uh, well, he says he I'm under arrest for armed robbery. Correct. I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand? Where where'd you just come from? This your car here? Yes, this is my car. Where did you just come from? I just come from Stockton Boulevard. Where on Stockton? I come off of Wallace. I, I was on, I, I was right up at uh, right off of. Uh, I was on my own street. We're going to take you in, uh, Sergeant, and uh, you'll bring me. The victim and the witnesses in. We have an identification here on the spot. He has been identified? Huh? On the spot, yeah. Good. We'll meet you in the station. Well, uh, Officer Carey, I understand you spotted the suspect in his car. Is that right? Yes. He was coming down 33rd. He turned uh, right on 4th Avenue, and I saw him park in the parking lot behind Steen's. And I didn't at the time. I didn't know nothing of the 211. And I walked, continued on my beat, and the squad car stopped me and told me that a tan Studebaker had been used in a stick-up. And then I remembered seeing me. I came down here and called in the station and told him to get registrations on the car and to send help out. Did you know where the suspect was at that time? I went into the bar, and I asked the bartender if anybody had came in, and he said, just a guy in the red shirt with the glasses. So then I took off and called the station and told him about it. And they sent the other officers out here. That's fine. That was a good piece of work. We're in the detective bureau. They're preparing to have a lineup on this stick-up man. You have two witnesses and the victim. They've brought four men down from the jail who answer the description of the suspect. And they're going to put them in a cell that we have on the second floor here. Then they'll have the victim and the two witnesses try to identify. The suspect has been placed in the cell. They're bringing the victim out. He's going in now and see if he can identify the man. 
identification of the suspect was identified him as the third man in the line from the left. Bring one of the witnesses in and have him look at the lineup. See anybody you recognize while I speak up and you tell me what order in line or anything? Yeah, this boy in the one here in the red uh, the red shirt? Yeah. What number? Would he be in the left? Would he be third in the left? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's a guy. No wife, question in your mind at all. My wife's description. That's in the certification line. That's that's the guy. All right. That's the one that she identified at the uh, back of the Steens or Steens corner. There no car gas. Yeah, the third witness is approaching the window. There's the third gentleman right before me here. The red shirt, he has horn room glasses. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Detective Rellis has just finished the lineup. You want to tell us what happened? Well, the usual procedure would bring four or five persons down with him, place them in the lineup. Persons of uh, similar height and description. We place them all in the lineup, and the victims. Uh, who came in one at a time to look at him, picked a, uh, picked a culprit out. Each one picked the same culprit. So apparently he's responsible for our robbery over there at 12th Avenue Franklin Boulevard. The arrest of this holdup suspect resulted from alertness by both citizens and police. The description of the getaway car led directly to the arrest. Although this man was picked out of a lineup by two witnesses and the holdup victim, he continues to deny his guilt and is awaiting trial for armed robbery. This is Unit 99, presented in cooperation with Station KFBK in Sacramento, California. These on-the-scene tape recordings were provided by the Sacramento Police Department and were made on duty by Sergeant Dan Meredith in Unit 99. Your host is Chief James V. Hicks of the Sacramento Police Department. KMA 907, Sacramento Unit 99, are you in the clear? Unit 99 to KMA 907. Unit 99, Sergeant Meredith, 909, in service, on the air. Unit 99 has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.